0: And welcome to another installment of Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank. I'm Scott. Across the way is Jerry. Jerry, how's it going? Great day today, Scott. We're into
1: fall. Well, at least I guess it's the remaining days of summer. But it feels a little Christmas in the air, and it's time to uh, start changing our beers pretty soon. But uh, we're going to be hanging on with uh, Oktoberfest coming up. And uh, should it, it's going to be a good time, a
0: great, great time to be, uh, be in Wisconsin. And again, make sure you catch up on all of the uh, previous episodes that we have of Banker with a Beer. Uh, some great guests we've had. A lot of tasty beverages as well. And today, no different. We've got uh, another great guest, another uh, somewhat familiar brand of people in this area, though it's 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 not the one people are, are, are most accustomed to with this brewing company. So I'm excited to try this. Why don't you introduce uh, both of the guests of honors, the, the the human and the beverage. Well, the
1: human, of course, comes first. And so we are honored today to have Charlie Markwart on the program today. Charlie is a lifelong resident of the Chippewa Valley. Uh, and he and some partners have just started a new enterprise downtown Eau Claire on Barstow Street called Reboot Social. So we'll be talking about that. Um, and But as, uh, we'll get to him in just a moment. We also have a great beverage, so uh, New Glarus Brewing, which is very popular in the state. Uh, the beverage Scott was alluding to, of course, was Spotted Cow, but we're going to be using their, or trying their Moon Man today, which is a, a a coastal pale ale. So we'll give this one a shot and see how it goes and why I'm pouring the beverage. Scott, how about
0: you bring uh, Charlie on board? Well, let's, let's do that, and uh, no doubt we will uh, spend a lot of time talking about the, the new endeavor that you guys have, and at the time of this recording it will have been open for a, a couple of weeks so we'll we'll hear a little bit about how it came to be and and maybe how these first couple of weeks have gone but as jerry said you're a lifelong resident give everybody sort of the 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 90 second two minute introduction
2: uh well scott and jerry thanks for having me on uh i was uh Born and raised here in Eau Claire. Uh, my family's been here since 1970s when my grandfather moved up here from Jackson, Minnesota. And uh so uh so yeah, so I've lived here my whole life and am involved with my family's businesses and then uh like you said, uh have been involved in the launch of Reboot Social here uh actually just this last past couple of weeks, but obviously I've been working on it for longer than that. But uh Otherwise, yeah, I've got a couple kids and a wife and we live uh right here uh just south of uh town and we love it here.
0: Now, uh, before we uh we we enjoy this beverage here, what made you uh, did you suggest this beverage to to Jerry?
2: Yes, Jerry asked me my favorite beer. <laughs> okay. So let's let's clink him and drink,
0: him Jerry. All right, boys.
1: well that'll
2: be very that's refreshing nice. yeah. almost got the mic in the beard yeah
1: well, that, that's good it, well that we've never done that before actually we use it kind of like a like a swizzle stick sometimes kind of give it a little <laughs> little turn up there if you need to
0: well just leave a little for the next person that, <laughs> uses, that uh, uses that headset uh we'll, we'll jump we'll jump right into it because it's obviously most top of mind and it's no doubt taken up a lot of your your time and your your, your mental capacities Uh, And that is the opening of the new venture, uh, downtown. And this is a a unique thing to this area. You're you're putting it in an area, downtown Eau Claire, that in many ways, uh, in order to get a lot of traffic, you have to have something unique that gets people to want to go down there and fit in. Tell us a little bit about how this came to be and and working with partners and bringing this to fruition.
2: Well, the beginning of Reboot Social starts probably six or seven years ago. Um, my three partners on it are, uh, Ian Prock, Max Kaler, and Ryan Warfield. All of them are childhood friends of mine and they own a company together that does, um, stage lighting designs in the music industry. They rent trussing, intelligent lighting, LED walls, and they're based out of Eau Claire. But, Uh, travel all over really North America. They've, they've become very successful. They have 17 employees and they've got people running tours all over the country, you know, in perpetuity. And so, so we travel a lot and, um, anywhere that we go, you know, we've always tried to go to, we seek out arcade bars and depending on where you go, there's different iterations of businesses like this in Minneapolis. There's, punch bowl social which is a bowling alley restaurant um there's a uh, up down which is a, just a straight arcade bar with vintage arcades there's businesses like uh dave and busters which is contemporary arcades and a restaurant um and we just uh we love places like that we always try to go to them and uh we've felt for a long time like eau claire should have one or that it's a market that could support it and uh so it's it's sort of been a long-term dream of ours to try to do something like this. Um, and then in when the pandemic happened, the uh, their business essentially ended temporarily. I mean, the music industry was completely shut down. And uh, so they had nothing to do. I didn't have much to do. We didn't have any cars. You know, we ran out of cars right away when the shutdowns happened. And, uh, you know, business were, businesses were still partially locked down. And, uh, and so we started looking for a building where we could potentially do this. And uh, when the Children's Museum came up for sale, we were super interested in it. But originally, we were planning just a basic arcade bar, a bar, 25 vintage machines. That's about it. And we originally thought we would just occupy the lower level of this building, and that the other two levels would we would find uh, you know tennis. somebody tenants to 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 lease the spaces, and uh, as we got rolling with it, uh, it just kept going getting bigger and bigger as far as what we wanted to do, and then in Indianapolis we went into a business called Pins Mechanical Company. There's they've got like 17 of them now. They just opened one in Nashville, and they've got half of them in midsize markets like Eau Claire, half of them in metros and they do uh, pinball machines and duck pin bowling plus a kitchen. And uh, that was sort of the last piece for us when we, when we went there and we saw duck pin bowling, um, which is like a novelty style of bowling popular, mostly in Eastern Europe. Uh, But here it's a, it's more of a novelty style of bowling going up in businesses like what, what we're doing. Uh, So then we decided we'd occupy the main level, and the lower level, uh, so it became a considerably larger venture when we made that decision, because then you're adding a kitchen, a dining room, a whole nother bar upstairs, um, and then a duck pin bowling alley. Uh, and actually, we're going to occupy half of the second level, too, for a banquet room, so we ended up taking almost the whole building by the time it was done.
1: Well, it's an exciting place. I know uh, the early uh, reviews have, have been excellent i mean it's a fun place even you know i went in the afternoon and it was busy Um, my understanding is that you're looking at kind of creating almost two environments one kind of a, a daylight environment for for
2: families and then an evening environment more towards old toward adults yeah one thing at a at a lot of different arcade bars we went to is a lot of them were kind of dingy you know a little bit dark and uh we sought to design a space that was a little bit more inviting, um, you know, maybe a little bit, a little bit more comfortable for, for a full spectrum of people out there coming in to enjoy and feel good in the space. Um, you know, we wanted to be a space that, uh, you know, a college, a college student or a young adult at, you know, that would feel as a cool space late, you know, late at night, but also a space that, you know, if somebody comes in with their, their teenagers or their 12 year olds to do duck pen bowling or play video games, that it's an inviting space that, you know, that, that families feel comfortable. So it's, it's all ages until 9 PM. And then it's 21 plus after 9 PM.
0: Take us through the the renovation project, because, of course, you guys <laughs> took over the the former Children's <laughs> Museum site. The, you know, what do you want to know? I was the, in
2: charge of that. It was my job on the project. It was a nightmare.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, we, again, we have a lot of business people that that tune in, and they're entrepreneurs, and sometimes you go into a spot, and it's mostly turnkey, and you're making some renovations here and there. You, had to, you pretty much had a shell so take us into why you chose that well, we location. had to make
2: it a shell i mean it's <laughs> even worse than that. we had to demo the whole inside out it, it would have probably been easier if you just had a piece of dirt uh <laughs> you know to to do what we did um, renovations are a whole different thing from a fresh build. I mean you're dealing with existing conditions. This building in particular is a you know a quirky building it's not of the same age as the rest of the buildings on that block. It's younger a different design style. I was a Woolsworth originally so there's a there's a lot of idiosyncrasies with the building that presented a lot of unforeseen challenges and in normal times, when you're doing a build, you're going to have things that come up that surprise you that even if you've got great designers and great general contractors and you're really involved things that just didn't get thought about and problems that arise that have to be solved on the fly. Well, normally those problems can be resolved very quickly when doing this project during COVID made things so much more complicated because anytime you were missing anything, it's forever to get it. And, uh, so originally we were trying to be open in may of of this year and it ended up being september um but yeah it was uh it was an interesting interesting time to try to redo a building did the challenges of the
1: supply chain force you to modify kind of you know, the vision you had for the building
2: i mean were just certain, some things just certainly not available no. that you would have liked to put there we just waited <laughs> Uh, we really wanted to do it like this. I mean, the lights that we picked out are really intentional. This, I mean, mean, we had the option to get other stuff, but, you know, we put a lot of thought into that space and, uh, and we didn't want to compromise the end result. So we just waited for the stuff. (laughs) One thing I think is real interesting is given kind of the makeup of the
1: background of, of kind of your ownership group. And, did the lighting and presentation background of your partners play a big role in how they wanted this thing to look and the
2: kind of um, lighting they used and how they're presenting these spaces? Yeah, I mean, they were having partners that have expertise in lighting is certainly a help. I mean, there's almost no way to change a space easier than you know putting good lighting or interesting or dynamic lighting into a space. And uh, we had hired a, a gal to design it um, who I knew was was very talented at uh, lighting design. So I was in good hands when it came to what the lights were going to end up between the partners I've got and the, the designers. So now, again, at the time of this recording,
0: you're a couple of weeks in and it's whether it's in business or in sports, you don't truly know what the strengths and weaknesses are until you're starting to get live fire, if you that will. That is true. So you guys are a couple of weeks in, and it, as Jerry said, a, a lot of the, the word on the street is positive in You know, we are a society where people want to be negative. So when you're hearing a lot of positive things, that's a good thing. But what are some of the the wins you guys have had early on? And and, and honestly, what are some of the losses as well? Because, again, a lot of business people are are listening and everybody always enjoys hearing the (laughs) because everybody's been through it before the the occasional whoops, we got to fix that.
2: Yeah, we just lowered our beer prices. <laughs> we figured if we were getting positive reviews in EC foodies on Facebook that we we'd be doing pretty well cuz there's a lot of critics in there and we've been getting pretty good reviews. But we tried we tried hard to have a really good menu. When you look at the menu, you're going to think it's bar food, but it's it's elevated bar food. There's not much frozen stuff that we're serving. Uh hired John Bender who owns and runs kitchen techniques and he he does uh instructional classes where you can you know like go with your spouse you have a wine you learn how to make sushi or whatever he, he does classes like that at forage which is the commercial kitchen right on barstow and uh he's been involved in helping launch a number of of uh higher end spots around town so uh hired him to help launch the restaurant actually yesterday was his last day with us um but uh so we tried very hard to have a good menu. Um, firstly, everything on the menu tastes good. Um, so I think we did uh, a good job, all things considered it being an entertainment business, by having, having good food. Uh, we've got really good games we, we spent the entire pandemic tracking down these arcade games on Facebook marketplace. I was looking them up and we had our list of what we wanted. You know, what, the, the people out there that care about pinballs and arcade games, you know. We did enough research and understood enough to know what games you're gonna wanna have if you're really going after the good games. And uh, so I was going on Facebook Marketplace, plugging in the zip code for just about every market in the Midwest United States, St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee, Minneapolis, plugging in arcade and then going back 30 days and looking to see at the postings, contacting people to see if they still had the machine available. But people will sell you an arcade cabinet that doesn't work for very cheap if you'll get it out of their basement. <laughs> That's what we found out. And so we went around and we got most of the stuff, not retail, and we picked it up just uh, you know for for you know wholesale values and then fixed them up and well could you get parts i mean you said how hard is getting parts for the building how do you get parts for a machine that hasn't been worked for 25 years so once you get into this you find out there's a whole (laughs) industry a whole ecosystem out there that services these things so chicago is the coin-operated capital of america i didn't know that okay until i got into this but quarter pusher machines claw games arcade cabinets so much of of that those that industry operates in proximity to chicago for whatever reason and so the amount of the the availability for that we need for these these games is actually really good around here better than the coast there's a lot more of these types of games from the 80s and 90s in the midwest um proximity to chicago so just get them all shipped here, then load them up in a truck and take them down to Chicago, have them work done? Or? No, we've got, uh, so, you know, my partners are, are fairly fairly technically savvy. I mean, the, um, what they have to do for their job, they, they're invaluable. They they tear these things apart and fix them. And then there's a guy locally, Tim Sexton, um, who runs Eau Claire Games and Arcade. Uh, which is on London Road and it's a arcade for it's I think mostly aimed at like preteen birthdays and um, it's you go in you pay some money and they're all on free play but w- w- one of his the main part of his business is he actually buys and restores pinball machines and sells them. So he's got a shop at Banbury Place with a handful of technicians, and um, so we've got a really good relationship with them. He's got his techs down every day helping us maintain the machines because they're taking a beating, for sure. And a lot of them are old. You know, we've got Galaga's 1981, um, that Tron machine is 40 years old. I mean, there's some, there's some old machines in there.
1: So... If you just need to chill out, you would shut the the lights down for a while, just go in there by yourself, what would be the game that you'd first go to? What
2: game would I go to first? Yeah. (laughs) I've played Silent Scope probably the most, or Crazy Taxi. (laughs) I like skee-ball too, so... Any, it's not really an arcade game, though. Yeah, no, i just just kind of curious. You know, you, you're around this stuff, and clearly you you enjoy it. So I thought, if you know, you I know. spend most of my time on the pinballs. If I'm if Thank I'm you. playing the games, I mean, the pinballs I've really developed a love for. When we got into this, <clears throat> it was all about you know the arcade games. And as we were talking to people about the business we were launching, they kept asking us, "Are you doing pinballs? Are you doing pinballs? Are you doing pinballs?" And we got to sort of discover there is a vibrant strong pinball community out there and it's much more intense even than for the arcades um so uh you know acquire you know buying these pinballs and then you know playing them all through the pandemic i've I've really really started to enjoy pinball and we've got some good pinball machines in there like some of the most sought after games that exist we went out and got
0: i'm gonna break a a rule they teach you not to do in broadcasting. I'm going to ask you two questions that have nothing to do with each other. But based off of what uh, Jerry's question was right there, I know you're also very prideful of the food as you're telling us. So your, your 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 top food items that everybody should have uh, when they're going in there, and then off of that, you know, again, we're only a couple weeks in since we're doing this. What have been the early demographics? Who who are the people that are going in so far? Because sometimes you never truly know <laughs> until you open up the doors and see. Hey, who who is interested in this place?
2: Right. Well, and I alluded to it earlier that part of our our plan was to try to create a space that you know we we could have business all day. We didn't want to have you know do a space this large and you know designed out and done the way we were doing it only to have a couple hours a day where you've got customers and uh, um,
0: so who would you say is, go- is going in there as you said you're, you guys are open all day and we know that there's well, at the, least so far
2: you know, I mean we've, we've got pretty normal pretty normal lunch and dinner business just like any other restaurant and uh we've got we've had a lot of parents with kids coming in to play ski ball to do duck pin bowling uh and then especially on the weekends i mean it's certainly we go 21 plus at 9 p.m and it's been a pretty eclectic crowd that's been coming out i mean it's an arcade bar so it's we're getting we're getting, you know, older. You know, back half of the Gen Xers coming in, and they're just saying, you know, just normal looking folks. We're getting, we're getting some pretty colorful looking folks coming in. We're getting high school kids coming in. It's, uh, it's been a surprise for all of us to see the, um, the different types of people that are coming in, and you know, enjoying the spot. Well, that's a mark of a
0: great organization, a great business when you're getting a wide variety of demographics and over time what the strongest ones will probably show off, but that's a pro- That's a very good thing. But again, your number one food item that, uh, if, if somebody were going down there
2: today and you said you get one thing to pick, what is that? And you're going to tell me everything's smash, good. Smash burger or <laughs> Nashville hot chicken. Those right. are our two best on things so far. Mm-hmm. We knew they were going to be good, uh, going in, uh, but the Nashville chicken's really good, house-made pickles on it, it's a, it's a good sandwich, and then uh, the Smash Burger is really good too.
1: i mean, you kind of a little transition here now. Obviously, your background is in selling cars, and so if operating a car dealership and running an entertainment enterprise are very different, what lessons have you learned from one that you can use now
2: in Reboot Social? Well, I think just philosophically, you know, what I've learned from my uncle and father and grandfather in my career with, with the family's automobile business is that you have to have the best people possible and you have to keep them. And my grandfather just, he always, he always talked about it. It was always the number one thing for him was people And, uh, I think that that's going to apply if Reboot's going to be a great company in the long run, it's, it's going to, we're going to, we're going to have to have really good people and treat them properly and keep them around. And, uh, but it's certainly a very different business too. I mean, it's, uh, (laughs) it's a, it's a whole different thing. Uh, being in an entertainment business with a restaurant and a bar than, uh, than being in... Automotive retail. Well, how's balancing both? I mean, you're very
1: hands-on at uh, the car dealership with the RVs, and 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 now reboot social. You've got locations here. You've got a uh, dealership, you know, outside of
2: the area. I mean, that's a lot on your plate. How how are you able to manage all that? For me, I I feel like it's always about structuring each business in a way that. Is going to be sustainable, and it, that's not going to you know dominate my life or own me. And in most instances, instances, uh, the solution is been to have partners to own less of it, and to ha- you know bring other people in. and And, uh, and uh, in every business I'm involved in, there's a partner. Well, And that I think also goes back when you said
1: about your grandfather Lee, you know, having really good people. Because if you have good people, you can feel comfortable to kind of step back for a few hours, a few days, a few weeks, and they know what you want and they're able to deliver and you can pretty much step away and the place will continue running in many ways as though it would be if you were there.
2: As long as I don't lose the people. I mean, so you pay people properly, you treat them properly and value them. And you know, you don't lose them, and then things can go well. But a little d- deeper question, and
1: um, you know, obviously the Markwort name is well known in the Chippewa Valley, and I'm just curious. You know, has it been difficult for you blazing your own trail with the legacy your family has,
2: um, being so strong here? <laughs> No, I haven't really tried to blaze my own trail, I suppose. I mean, to some extent, I view my role in the family's company as something of a steward. I mean, my grandfather was a total force of nature. I mean, he just... People loved that man and my grandmother, Mary. And he, he cut these ads in the 90s that were, like, so authentic. They should have been cheesy, but they weren't. And and uh, and he... he he had a way of running the company in a way that led to very little turnover. And so even to this day, I mean, we have we have over 10 people that have been there 30 years. And uh, it's very rare that we have, you know, we have core people leaving the company. And I didn't create any of that. And um, so, you know, my job is really to, to be a good steward of the, you know, the company and the culture that Lee built and that my dad and uncle built, you know, to, to an extent. And, um, with the other stuff outside of automotive, um, I mean, I, have never thought about it as, as blazing my own trail. The RV opportunity was great because it's very similar to automotive. It's local and it's a recreational industry. It's fun. Um, but, uh, but, to some extent, reboot's been for me it's it's important because uh you know everything everything I'm involved in just to some extent started with my family, and there's a nepotistic nature to the opportunities that I had in you know this far in life, and I definitely was able to start. Farther along than you know, a lot of folks would be just being as the family I was I was born into opened doors for me business wise. But Re- reboot, I I value because it is very different than the the businesses that my family's been involved in in the past and that I've been involved in, um, and because I think it's. know we wanted this to be a contribution to downtown eau claire myself personally and my partners are all from here and we totally love eau claire and uh and uh i would say i would say that that aspect of reboot's been been rewarding for me personally to be involved in because this is different than the retail businesses i've I've been a part of before now more of a flip sorry, that was a long, no, but long great, wandering. Great answer, there. no.
1: Uh but this is more flippant for the question though. So your grandfather always had these commercials with this picture in the background. Whatever happened
2: to that picture. He wanted it. I, yeah. I, That's iconic. Yeah, Dave. Dave Dave got that. Dave's got that. I mean, <laughs> I'll get it eventually. (laughs) Well, I know uh, we're kind of
1: getting a little bit short of time here, but uh, since you are a car dealer, um, the the main area, uh, but what advice do you have to folks trying to buy a car today? I mean, if if there's something more difficult to do today, you know,
2: kind of post-pandemic. How do you do this? And what's your advice? Plan ahead and consider the new market. You know, there's a lot of people out there that, kind of have it in their heads from the 90s and early 2000s that you should never buy a new car it's always going to be so much less for a used car but that's not the case right now so i would tell people to consider new and used because the price difference is not as much as it's been in the past and depending on the brand you're trying to get plan ahead because there's brands out there um toyota in particular is uh a longer wait to get stuff than some of the other brands, you know, depending on the manufacturer, you're anywhere from a two, three month, to sometimes the Honda and Toyota, they've got stuff that's a year, or a year and a half out at most of their dealers. So plan ahead. Don't wait till you're one week away from your lease being done and then decide you're going to go replace it. Cause that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, we got time for maybe a couple more questions. I have to ask cause we've taught, uh, you know <laughs> about all the businesses you're involved in but everybody gets a moment to get away so some, some more than others what do you do for fun what do you do to separate yourself from work
2: i like live music i, get, I mean that's i used to go to a lot more live music than uh than i go to nowadays just as uh, kids and Business ventures have eaten up, you know, the time I used to have for you know, recreational activities. But I like sports. I like the NBA a lot, even though I grew up playing hockey. So I like Timberwolves. I watch a lot of Timberwolves, and then uh, I, like, I like. You're music. the f- you're the fan, huh? I'm no fan. <laughs> I was one of the ten fans that <laughs> was watching for the last ten years as they won ten percent of their games. In college, I was going to games. They were so bad when I was in college, and uh, I think you student night was like five bucks. I mean, they'll just let you in. There was nobody yeah. going. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, so you've been in so many different areas. I mean, the auto dealerships, the RVs, now boot social, any other potential business ventures that you've got out there?
2: My wife says I'm not allowed to do anything else. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I don't, there's been some opportunities in auto and RV outside of Eau Claire, but you know, I'm not, I'm not really interested in, in leaving the Chippewa Valley. So if, if, if anything else were to happen, it would be downtown Eau Claire. Okay. We're pretty passionate about, about everything going on downtown Eau Claire. Which, which leads me to my
1: final question. I mean, uh, a lot of young folks who have grown up here, even has family here. They say, you know, Chippewa Valley is fine, but I, I want to look elsewhere. Grass is greener, bigger metro, mountains. Ever consider leaving the Chippewa Valley?
2: well i lived in the twin cities in college so and i loved it up there i mean yeah i love denver there's a lot of great great places for people to go but um eau Claire's getting to the spot here where it's getting it's getting closer in what it offers and in some of these big metropolitan areas there's bigger trade-offs than there used to be there's more crime there's higher cost of living in those areas and eau Claire's starting to offer um uh, more and more by the year. I mean there was one point this year there's four cranes all in a row in downtown Eau Claire. I mean that's not something that has happened, you know, that often, probably ever, you know.
1: Any one thing that you think Eau Claire needs to kind of get it over the top?
2: Top golf? <laughs> top golf. <laughs> That'd be fun—an arcade bar, <laughs> an arcade, way, which we have. So that's
1: great. Well, Charlie, this has been wonderful. I really appreciate your taking time with us and uh, bringing along a good beverage. We were been talking with Charlie Markward. He's the owner of Reboot Social, and of course, involved in the Marquardt, uh car dealerships and RV dealerships. Uh, so thanks for coming on board today. And we've been enjoying a Moon Man from New Glarus Brewing Company. A, a great uh,
2: coastal pale ale, as it says here. So mm, Scott was just happy I didn't bring an IPA.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we did well. Well, thank you for listening to uh, Charlie and I and Scott talk over a beer today. If you would like what you've heard, please give Banker with the Beer a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about us and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Northwestern Bank website, wherever you listen to podcasts from. Banker with the Beer is sponsored by Northwestern Bank building stronger communities where people matter.